Blog Talk Radio. Happy Thursday, everyone. The week is almost over. Thank you for spending your lunch break with us, and welcome into Catching Up with Bob LaBelle. I'm your host, Joe Perello of SweetSports.com. That's F-U-I-T-E, Sports.com. It's a great time of year to be a sports fan, a lot going on, but it's got to be the best time of year, at least this year, to be a Boston Red Sox fan, because the home side is now only three wins away from a World Series championship. To talk the World Series, among other things, I'm joined by the man who is the face of Boston sports, for nearly three decades, Mr. Bob LaBelle. Bob, uh, a heck of a game last night for the Sox. I could hear the celebrating. I, I live a couple blocks away on Beacon Street. I could hear the celebrating from my apartment. Uh, what was the atmosphere like at Fenway Park last night? It was pretty wild. I, I'd have to say that the fans showed up and did their part. Um, they've been pretty good all season, but it's really kind of reached their crescendo last night. Um, and it was... Um, yeah, it was remarkable. Of course, you got to remember, they got off to a great start. Uh, in the first couple innings, there's so much stuff happened in the first couple innings, it was defied description. We said yeah. the call getting overturned. I mean, come on. When have we ever seen that? Uh, yeah, it doesn't happen very often. You've got to give them credit, and I guess, I guess mm-hmm. you did. They got it right. I was sitting in a place, Joe, where I had no replay, so I had no idea. I, yeah. I saw the play in real time, and it looked like he clearly just dropped the ball. Yeah. But the people behind us had the benefit of televisions up on the, the steel girders in left mm-hmm. field, so could see the replays. And their reaction was was totally they were incredulous that that he was the joy was called out. So yeah, those guys to get together. It's a big step, big step in the right direction. And of course, next year, that'll be a regular thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do think it's a big step in the right direction for baseball. And if you did watch the replay, I think you can see that clearly it, it was just a drop ball. It wasn't, you know, in the transfer and, uh, you know, what you could make the, the case of. And I, I thought in lifetime it looked like a pretty clear drop, but that that was yeah. just me. I, I don't know. But. The umpire um, said he had his eyes on his feet and really wasn't watching the ball because yeah. it's such a simple play that mm-hmm. he didn't want to have a phantom tag at second base. So, you know, you understand this, but he thought mm-hmm. he got it right. The other four guys thought he got it wrong. So they they talked, and, yeah. you know, he had to eat, eat crow right there in front of everybody. <laughs> Indeed, and uh, a lot of people will point to that as kind of a – a game-changing moment. Uh, hard to. It's kind of weird to say there's a game-changing moment in a game that you were winning eight to nothing in the top of the ninth inning uh, before they gave up that home run. Well, you but, know what? Well, let's face it. Let's look at it this way. It might have been a game-changing moment, but it's only because the Napoli line, you know, cleared the bases with a double. Yeah. After that, so yeah, that became a game-changing moment only because of what Napoli did. However. Yeah. The series-changing moment might have been when Beltran maybe made that fantastic catch, but mm-hmm. also got injured in the process. And who knows yeah. how long he's going to be out? Yeah, it was a, it was a heck of a catch. But you're right; if he's out an extended period of time, boy, it's it's tough to see the Cardinals. It, it's as poor as they looked in the field last night. 
uh, if they don't have him in the lineup, they could be in some real trouble. And no, uh, I thought another... they need him in the lineup. I don't think yeah, he'll be yeah. there tonight. I can't imagine him playing tonight after that. Yeah, no, that was that was tough. Uh, another moment I thought was pretty critical was uh, I believe it was the fourth inning. Uh, the Cards had just loaded the bases. They were they were down five nothing at this point, and there was only one out. And uh, Lester got him to ground ground. I believe it was freeze right back to him. Threw it to the catcher. Threw it to the right. first base. Punched them both out. Ended the inning. Got out of the jam. It just seems like you know whether they're in the field or at the plate, the Red Sox are just making those plays when they need to. You know what they have been. They've had some enormous double plays um, that they've turned throughout the playoffs. Uh, and I think that's a credit. That's why they love Drew and Pedroia around second mm. base. Both yeah. of those guys can turn it. And both of them have in situations, and it's really uh, saved the Red Sox day. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely has. Uh, the fielding was pretty excellent last night. Uh not so much for the Cardinals, except for the Oxlade. Might come up, you know, end up biting them later on. Uh, nine how straight World Series. How about the pop-up between Wayne Wright <laughs> and Molina? <laughs> I was, was going to get mean, to that, Bob. It was my play of the night. <laughs> I mean, two guys that, you know, veteran presence, and yeah. you just see it happen. <laughs> it was like a, a Little League play, but, oh, my God, it was in the World Series. Faced it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> really, it was like there were so many bizarre things that went on there. Yeah. And uh, it's almost like the Cardinals really never got their sea legs uh, under them. Yeah. That the game started too early for them. They weren't ready. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't set, ready, yeah. set. Uh, they were like a, I can't explain it. Uh, they were still in, in infield and batting practice when the game started. They're, but I, I think that's going to be different tonight. Well, it better be for their sake because if it isn't, yeah. you know, we, we, that <laughs> tonight could be the last game of the season at Fenway Park. Yeah, no, it, it definitely could be. And I, I was <laughs> that pop up. I mean, how many gold gloves do those guys have between them? And it's, <laughs> it's just all right. The, the crowd was laughing. <laughs> the crowd was laughing at. The crowd was, you know what? The, and they they had to be laughing at it. I mean. At the time, it wasn't exactly something you'd want to laugh at, but yeah. I mean, it just dropped, dropped right between them. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was like you could almost see it developing. It was bizarre. Yeah, you, you're right. You could almost see it developing. You you thought there's no way this ball's going to fall right between these two guys. And right. Yeah, it was just that kind of night for him. It was just that kind of night for him. Can you know? Can they do that two nights in a row? I, boy, I doubt it. I'm, I'm anxious to see Waka. And, yeah. you know, he's a highly touted rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, if Wainwright couldn't do it, mm-hmm. I, it's not Wainwright. When you walk Ellsbury, the first guy in the game, it's trouble, I think. You just kind of yeah. send out a signal that he's not ready. But I was, I was really kind of surprised at, at Wainwright. I thought I thought they would have had a better performance out of him. The shortstop, yeah. I don't know, Cosma, I guess he's back in there, but what are you going to do? I don't know, but I'll say they're in trouble from that standpoint. So it's Walker's got to step up and pretty much do it by himself. Yeah. Now they're in some real trouble, and uh, well, on the other side, you look at the Red Sox and another you know postseason performance like this out of Big Poppy Ortiz. He had another big night last night. He obviously was big in the ALCS. I mean, historically speaking, I mean his legend. You know, we're considering him past his prime, and obviously he's had you know his controversy, but his legend just continues to grow. Or are you just 
No, I, mean, I think this is how now, amazing is it? Yeah, I think it's. I think he's kind of punched his ticket for the Hall of Fame here. Um, yeah. Totally with that Grand Slam in the last series, uh, mm-hmm. the near Grand Slam last night. Um, another, you know, I think he has. Believe it or not. Um, yeah. It does. It, it was. It's been on the national stage. The other. Uh, the other issue is the uh, whether the Cardinals can just. I mean. I, I I go right back to Waka and saying that you know, there's an enormous amount of pressure on him. I just mm-hmm. I think most people I, I think would be were disappointed last night in St. Louis's performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the but, it was you know you're that's one of those things you're almost glad you're playing on the road <laughs> because that could have let the air yeah. out of your building in a hurry if you lay an egg like that. It's hard. You know, this team has really adapted itself to family, too, because this, mm-hmm. the Red Sox team does not lose very often at home. They really are. They do feed off the energy of the crowd, and the crowd really brought the energy last night. Yeah, Although man. I had somebody ask me, how come they didn't do the wave last night? <laughs> and I said, you know, I said, first of all, thank God they didn't, because uh, I'm like an anti-wave guy. But I've... <laughs> Probably because most of the people that used to uh, incite the wave couldn't afford the mm-hmm. tickets to go there because, yeah. you know, they were pretty young, uh, you know, fun-loving fans, and there aren't yeah. many people could shell out three hundred dollars a seat or whatever it was going for. Yeah, I think I think it's but probably it's, more it's, than that but, now. <laughs> yeah, I was no, I was going to say, look, you look around and. and Saying, well, I thought the economy was bad. And some, for some reason, <laughs> there's 38,000 people there that obviously could have some money to spend. And, and believe yeah. me, it was not a cheap night. No, no, I, I, I can certainly imagine. I, I haven't looked on. Uh, normally, when you, the championships roll around, I always look on StubHub to see what they're going for on the, uh, the second-hand market. But I haven't had a chance to do that. Maybe I'll do that after the show. See uh, what. Yeah, you know what? I think, that, for it, I think that. I think last night. Um, Prices probably dropped because it was getting cold and uh, yeah. there was a threat of rain, although it didn't rain. Tonight it's going to be chilly, and after last night's performance, you know, maybe some people will just elect to stay home. I, I don't know, but yeah. there were some some things quoted up you know, Green Monster seats earlier in the week that were going for something like ten grand. It was ridiculous. Ugh. Ridiculous. Um, uh, well, when you get to that level, it's you know, you can buy a car or you can watch a baseball game. <laughs> well, Getting a little right. little much. <laughs> well, you know, some people it's worth so, it, you know. Clearly. Some people, obviously, because there weren't many empty seats where I was sitting. Yeah. No, no, most definitely. And I'm sure the people that are shelling out $10,000 a ticket uh, at Fenway Park are not buying cars that are only worth $10,000. So to them, it isn't quite a car. Right, uh, right, right. Well, <laughs> One, I, I want to go back to David Ortiz real quick. You talked about him punching his uh, his ticket to the Hall of Fame. Where would you rank him amongst? And you know, you watch a lot of Red Sox baseball. The all time, not just hitters, but but clutch hitters in the history of the Red Sox. I mean, he's got to be pretty close to the top. He he has so many big hits in his resume right now. Yeah, I think that I'd hate to put him ahead of Yaz, and uh, mm-hmm. Yaz was. I think it's one, two. I think Yaz Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ortiz has had a lot of a lot of success 
lately, and I think it's people are just shaking their heads and saying, how's that possible at his age? You know, how how can yeah. he take it to this level when he really, mm -hmm. while he's been good in the clutch in the past, never really has quite been to this level. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think I'd never say yes was, Ortiz was a better clutch hitter than yes, because in 67 mm -hmm. it was an, an amazing run, but he, uh, you know, he's doing it. He's performing. He's doing it on the field. He's he's become every time he steps in that box, he's now uh, a presence and a danger to the mm -hmm. opposition. Yeah, he, he certainly has become that. And uh, a couple weeks ago, you wrote in your uh, in your blog, you were talking about well, the death taxes, Ortiz and Brady, in some order <laughs> like that. And uh, after Brady threw, of course, the game-winning touchdown against the Saints. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I do want to touch on the Patriots a little bit because we're going to talk Red Sox to the high heaven. They got a, obviously another big World Series game tonight. Uh, you wrote your thoughts on the uh, the controversial finish to the Patriots game this past week against the Jets. Uh, you called it Pushgate, but I, I didn't really get from your blog. So did you think it was the right call first of all? And I know it's a lousy way to lose, well, no doubt about it. But did you think it was the right call? I think I guess now after everybody's kind of dissected it and moved on, yeah. most people blame the coaches for not teaching it, and they're yeah. saying it's the right move. I think it'll probably be the last time. It was the first <laughs> time, and probably last time it'll ever be called because people now know, and uh, yeah. it could be in you know a game-winning situation. I, I, yeah, I. It seemed like a lousy time to to make the call, and for yeah. those of us who were not familiar with that rule, saying what. I can't believe that, but since they put it in and we find out that it was something the players had asked for, no pun intended, that um, I guess if the Jets had in fact warned the referees yeah. or officials rather that this Patriots are doing this, then I guess there's no other way to look at it but saying, okay, you know, their yeah. Patriots are at fault. They lost the game, but I guess better this one than the game in December. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. You'd hate to you'd hate to lose a late season game on a on a call like that. But right. I mean, it's, it's a, a it's a rivalry game. It's a division game. That is. I know, I know, Ooh. it is, and I know that. Hey, if they had done it earlier in the game, why didn't wasn't it called earlier in the game? I just yeah. think it's something the Jets hadn't called their attention to uh, until they absolutely had to. If that's the case, you got to take your hats off to Rex Ryan and the Jets for being for just one-upping the Patriots in that yeah. one. But the lesson that I'm sure that it was kind of learned the hard way. And, you know, good luck, you know, good for Chris Jones, the kid, for stepping up and saying, hey, yeah. it was, it's on me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you mentioned, Rex, man, some gamesmanship there. Because if, if the Patriots – I've seen the, uh, the highlights of the Patriots doing against the Saints. So, obviously, the implication is that Rob Ryan, the defensive coordinator for the Saints, told his brother about it or gave him the film and gave him the tip. And then Rex Ryan – you know, was he saving it for just that critical field goal, or did he warn them before the game? Uh, you know, we'll never really, I don't think, get the full story uh, quite on that. But either way, some some uh, some real gamesmanship from the Jets, and uh, kind of odd. I, I refuse to believe that Bill Belichick didn't know that rule. I, I just refuse to believe that. The guy is, you know, he's, he's the mastermind. Do, do you believe that he, you know, he said after the after the game that he thought the rule was different, and he, he let he talked about some NFL.com story which, of course, isn't the official NFL rule, some report in NFL.com. 
do you believe that Belichick didn't know the rule, or is he, you know, what, what, what do you think the story is with that? I think it's possibly misinterpreted it. Uh, you know, I don't think, um, or it's a possibly just tried to get away with, because he, yeah. he's never been called. He's, I guess it's possible that he was just trying to, you know, take advantage of the fact that it was never, it's never been called, and they didn't think they were about to call it. So, yeah, you know, all those things are possible. But no, we obviously figure that he knows every nook and cranny of that rule book. But and he, you know, he tries like everybody else to take advantage of potential loopholes, and that seems yeah. to be a potential loophole. Mm-hmm. The rules he's in the been book very good will never that. be called. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, now the rules in the book it was called. And, Probably will never be called again. Yeah, it's and it's hard to see teams, even if you know, even if they're not calling it, why teams would take the risk when it's it doesn't seem like a it doesn't seem like the best way to block a kick. I mean, we haven't seen we hadn't seen it we didn't see it work that game, and he didn't look particularly close to blocking it there. So it may just not be worth it to ever try that again. <laughs> not like when they used to jump off the players' backs and and that kind of thing. I remember the Buccaneers right, right, right. and they're really good. So, interesting, but I, but I think the bigger story now, when you look at the Patriots, it's another thing you touched on in your blog, is kind of Brady looking like a mere mortal, but but more than anything, just Brady looking like the product of, of his supporting cast. And, you know, you said in your blog that we always kind of assumed that no matter who they put around him, he would be a superstar and he would put up these huge numbers and he would lead the Patriots to all these wins. Uh me personally, I don't blame Brady at all for this. Yeah, he's getting older and everything, but yeah, I mean, he's got pretty much nothing around him. Gronkowski was great uh, in his comeback, but clearly not enough. The Jets still have a pretty good defense, and they still put up some points on it. Uh, when you look at Brady right now, is I mean, some of this obviously falls on him. He's the you know the face of the franchise, but I mean, have they really put enough around him that, that we can you know kind of chide Brady? <laughs> Uh, for these these close losses, because you know the losses, you know everything's been close. I don't know. It was up twenty-one to ten. You think that you know they were able, to, and they were getting the ball to start the half. Yeah. Uh, and that first drive by the Patriots was a disaster because it was in the pick yeah. six, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's unbrady like. You know, it's like you yeah. know, they usually come out in the second half and just you know step on the gas, but mm-hmm. uh, they stalled, and I. I think he's. I think he's got to handle some of the blame here. I don't, you know, yeah. there's no question that Gurway, when I hear this all season long, was was not in the best interest of Tom Brady or the team. However, mm-hmm. it's done. It's done, and I do think that Brady has to take responsibility for a, a good part of this. Yeah. Well. So. Like I said, I'm a Brady apologist, but but I but I agree with you. You know, definitely to a certain extent. You mentioned that pick six. I mean, whew, what a momentum changer! <laughs> what a momentum changer! No, there's no question about it. You know, yeah. and especially no you know when you're dealing with a team like the Jets, oof, like a young quarterback, and you give them that life. That's that's tough. That's tough I know. To I know. I know. But. So, uh, I think he played pretty well. I mean, he played a lot better than I thought he was. He just seems to be getting better. So they really are the surprise of the NFL so far, the positive surprise. There's a lot yeah. of, there really aren't any really great teams in, this year. You know, there's just no great teams. They're all just yeah. kind of mediocre, you know. can't tell me Kansas City's a great team. 
Yeah, well, they're the other surprise yeah. in Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, there's the other thing you can all, you know, Denver, it's not a great team. I mean, if they had a defense, they might qualify as a great yeah. team, but they're not. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, but it, it's going to be interesting. That's why I think, you know, a lot of people are down on the Patriots, but I, I look at the AFC and I say, you know, a couple weeks ago before uh, they didn't just hammer the Jaguars and they let the Jaguars hang around a little bit and before losing to the Colts, I would have said, yeah, the Broncos, once they get Von Miller back and once Champ Bailey's healthy, that team, I mean, they're just going to mow through people. But you're right. I mean, the defense just isn't that good. We thought it would improve it a little bit, but – they're vulnerable. They're not great. They're going to struggle to win on the road, it looks like. Uh, I mean, Baltimore looks bad. Cincinnati looks okay. Pittsburgh looks bad. Uh, you know, who else really well, is Well, I just there? said that Indianapolis has gotten some quality wins. And I, the one thing about Indianapolis is that um, they're surprising people. They're just yeah. they're just showing up and, and winning games, big and, big mm-hmm. and not so big. And I... And, the the thing that you can only I guess hope for is the same by you know Parcells used to say hey we won't be the same team in December that we are now yeah so they they really gotta grow and you gotta assume that that's gonna happen that they will be a, a different team that that's always been the case they have to they have to develop it's, it's amazing how every mm-hmm. year that you know you don't get the same team you have to really start yeah. from scratch and and rebuild. <laughs> team character and momentum, and I, I think that's where the Patriots are. They will not be the same team in the two months that they are now, I hope. Yeah, yeah <laughs> certainly uh, you have to hope. I think if there's ever been a Patriot team in the Bill Belichick era that you, you know, would be the case, I think it's this team with so many young offensive skill players uh, that are you know, having to gel with, you know, with Tom Brady and, and everything like that. It certainly seems that that would be the case. Uh, you mentioned the Colts. I think the Colts are pretty similar to the Patriots. They're playing close with everybody. It's just a matter of can you make those one or two plays at the end of the game? Does one best go your way? Because I'm looking at, you know, you look at the Colts, they had that close loss to Miami, but they have a close win over Denver where they almost give it away. And, I mean, at some point you just say the NFL is tough. You know, the bounce of the ball, one play here or there, and, and you know, the Patriots could be undefeated or they could have four losses. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's kind of a, a freaky, fluky thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, that's there's, there's so many factors. Hey, well, I'm talking about the running game. It's, I think what's happened is that the pendulum is about to swing, and yeah. the running game is going to become more important because of the mm-hmm. rules that have encouraged the passing uh, offense. And now, with the rules that have encouraged the passing offense, the defenses have been put in to stop the passing offense, and nobody's really paid attention to stopping the run because everybody's kind of yeah. abandoning it for now. But I'll tell you, yeah. the running game could become a huge factor in this league uh, as it develops here for the rest of the season as, as we go forward. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that that, that uh, kind of outlook on it where teams are you know getting smaller and faster on defense to cover all this space. And you look at a team like the Chiefs, they hardly throw it. They run it right down your throat, and no one can stop them all of a sudden. So it's, you know, well, that's any they kind of novelty. They they but they haven't drafted or put in defensive players that can stop the run. They've already all concentrated on stopping the pass yeah. because that seems to be the thing that the offenses have been encouraged to do more than anything else, pass. 
So what are you going to yeah. do? you got to stop the pass. Yeah. yeah it's just one of those all... ebb and flow things. Yeah, definitely. And every team seems to be running the 3-4 now where you get more linebackers on there, more speed, less size and strength than you do with a traditional four-man front. So uh, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. Yeah. I thought the 49ers yeah. did a great job last year running the ball, them and the Redskins, to kind of try to, to fight that. But um, we'll see. Well, I think the, the Patriots thing we can't that. overlook with the Patriots is the fact that Wolfork and Jones are out of the out. Yeah. So that's not good. Yeah. That's, the, that's a big problem. Obviously, big yeah. problem. Oh, huge. And, you know, Will is probably the best interior defensive lineman in the league right now. No, it's just not, you know, it's, you, he can't, was, you can't fix that. Yeah. I mean, he, he's uh, he's kind of like the way Tom Burke is on offense, where he can, he's a Band-Aid. He can cover up a lot of problems. Because Will Fork could, I mean, he could take on two guys every play and push them into the backfield. So that's a huge, right. huge loss for the Patriots. Although, uh, you know, you look at their secondary is really improved, so. You hope that you can maybe uh, even things out. and But, yeah, they're going to be a little bit more susceptible to the run now with uh, him out. And they, they've just been really uh, beaten up. They've been really unlucky on defense. Yeah, but you know what? If you, get, you take those two guys out of the middle of the defensive line, and then Tlaib and Mayo, and yeah. all of a sudden you get your four best defensive players that are not even in mm-hmm. the lineup. Yeah. yeah and that's that's exactly what it has been. I keep Tlaib. Wow, when he was playing, he might have been the best corner in football. I, I really thought he did a fantastic job at you know, even in a loss uh, against Cincinnati, I thought he did a great job on A.J. Green, just playing out of just his mind. Just look around the other team. Well, I think you look at all these other teams, you know, everybody's getting hammered with injuries. I mean, yeah. they're trying to make this league safer. It, it, it seems to be so much more dangerous. <laughs> you know, key players are going down all the time, all the time. Yeah. Well, do you buy the, uh, the way the players are talking about how they, they want to be hit high? I know receivers have come out, old receivers like Heinz Ward, uh, retired players have come said, hit me high. And they're saying that these new rules are causing people to go at the knees, to go at the joints, go at the ankle. And that's causing a lot more of these nagging, you know, four to six to eight-week injuries and not concussions, which will hurt you later in life. But you can come back from a concussion in a week depending on how bad it is. Do you think – that maybe the rule changes have actually kind of led to this, that, you know, maybe it'll I, I, it, it'll know, be better for the players in the long run, but something like that. I don't, the sample size, I don't know it's enough, but you can, you know, your yeah. eyes tell you, and your eyes tell you that people are getting, that the league's teams are getting decimated by injuries. Yeah. Something's causing it, you know. Yeah. It just didn't happen. It's not an accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. Those, the injuries, they seem to bite different teams each year, and they, they seem to be kind of fluky, and it's weird because the injuries seem to be biting good teams this year, but teams seem to keep winning. Normally, injuries bite a team, and they sink, and we just kind of forget about them. So it's, Tell you what, I mean, I think Brady is hes an injury waiting to happen here. I mean, I think it's yeah. a horrible thing to say and feel, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's been hit so much already, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the protection of him is, is sketchy at best. He's, yeah. he's an injury waiting to happen. And, uh, you know, it could be on any – that's the thing. It could be on the very next play. Any you play. just never know. I just can't imagine him getting through this season without going down for some, I don't know, some period of time. But yeah, I, I clearly hope not. Yeah, yeah, clearly. And you look at him, you look at Eli Manning has been getting hit a ton. Roethlisberger's always getting hit a ton. Uh, Ryan Tannehill right. is getting, and the Dolphins is getting destroyed seemingly every time he drops back. So 
you know, you want to throw the ball, but you got to keep your guy who's throwing the ball. You can't, you can't throw it from his back. So right. <laughs> it's kind of tough. Uh, Bob, that's all the time we got, uh, unless you have anything to add at the last minute. No, I just want to congratulate you on your wedding. Last week at this time you were single, and now you're not. And I, you sound uh, like it's been a very great experience, and you, uh, you said the wedding was great. And so congratulations, and maybe the Red Sox will deliver your World Series as a, as a wedding present. <laughs> that would be great. Thanks a lot, Bob. I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> all right, Joe. And- it's a pleasure. We'll talk. All right. Talk to you later, Bob. And thanks, everyone at home, for listening in. This has been Catching Up with Bob LaBelle. I'm your host, Joe Perello. We'll catch you next week, everybody.